Hey, what's good, fam? It's your boy, Caleb. I'm here with Mel and Nia. And for today's episode, we're focusing on fashion from around the world with such areas like London, China, and Australia. Now, with that being said, as far as fashion is concerned, it's important to understand what fashion means and not just the clothes, but to be recognized as a cultural phenomenon. Here to bring us our fashion imports from London is the lovely Nia. Hey guys, so before I start talking about fashion in London, I want you guys to sit back, relax, and pretend you're in first class while we take you to three different areas of the world. London became a major player in the fashion world in the 1960s, and it all started out with Mary Quant and her invention of the miniskirt. This was totally outrageous because at this point, people were so used to being conservative. The 60s brought not only a whole new style, but a whole new attitude along with that. Things were shorter, more colorful, and more plasticky. I think the 60s paved the way for the current fashion in London. In a sense, they don't dress much different than us in certain parts of the UK. Reading a few blogs, a girl studying abroad in America listed some of the differences she noticed between American fashion from her campus to fashion from back home. In the UK, raincoats and rain boots are a must-have due to the weather, but as mentioned in the blog, here in America, people tend to wear them as a fashion statement to a cute outfit. In higher fashion, you see some really strange outfits, but that's totally normal for people native to London. In another blog that I read, this girl had mentioned that in London, they wear different patterns in an outfit and it's totally normal. But here in America, people would probably think you're half awake while dressing yourself. So our outfits that we put together are much more simpler, but also provide a key piece to highlight the outfit. While in London, they tend to just dress kind of outrageous. Something that I've noticed while researching fashion in London is that the 70s and 80s styles is making a comeback. People in the UK are not scared to wear what they want, and it's sort of acceptable to wear more revealing clothing. I feel like here in America, you get judged or ridiculed depending on the outfits you have on. People in the UK are definitely more accepting of things than we are. London has become such a fashion icon that people go to school there to become fashion designers. Fashion is so important there that it's become part of their culture. It's so important that they hold the London Fashion Week two times a year. Here are some facts about it. There are 56 catwalks and 20 presentations that take place over a span of just five days. There are over 120 UK and international emerging and established designers and over 5,000 people that attend this event. If that doesn't convince you that London is one of the top cities for fashion, I don't know what will. But before I pass the mic to Mel, I just wanted to throw out this fact that the UK fashion industry is estimated to support 816,000 jobs. That's insane. Now here's what fashion looks like in China. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? So I'm going to be taking us to the city of Hong Kong in China. And as I was researching and looking up different fashion trends and the history of fashion in China, I found out something super interesting. So the word fashion in Chinese is shisheng, and it's a combination of two words meaning time and style. And I thought that was really cool because no matter what, we can look through history and see different styles and different trends, and we can see how those things evolve through our history and through our time. So I could see the two words, time and style, really going hand in hand. So here's a little bit about Hong Kong's fashion history. A little fun fact is that Great Britain actually heavily influenced the fashion world in Hong Kong. So it's super cool that Nia talked about London. And today, the city of Hong Kong prides itself on being the gateway to China. Fashion has always been a big trend in Hong Kong, and it started gaining its modern twist around the 1950s to 1990s. And the progression of change in fashion can be seen economically because of other foreign cu cultures and countries like London and like Great Britain, and definitely with the rise of entertainment. 
A big name in China was Lin Dai, who was an actress through the 50s and 60s. She modeled the latest trends that were really similar to what we would picture in America during the 50s era. And most of the world has looked to Hong Kong for its skilled tailors and designers that could develop brands and labels too. So fast forward 60, 70 years and you have fashion today. Hong Kong is the most cosmopolitan and high-tech city in Asia. Most business wear is conservative and more formal than street style, but even in those different groups, China's conservative culture has always tried to stay respected by designers. Today, high-end designers are using historical cultural garments and patterns to influence their newest lines. They're really taking identity of Shai Shang. I found out that designers were actually traveling to Britain and studying fashion, then coming back to Hong Kong so we can see the influence around the world between these different cultures and fashion styles. Now I'm going to pass it off to Caleb, and he's going to be talking about the fashion history and trends in Australia. Hey, what's going on again, guys? So as for the fashion that's uh, taking place in Australia, I wanted to bring our focus to some of the historical background that's involved um, in their fashion. So before moving forward with today's culture, for starters, back in the early 1900s, the popular clothing um, featured a long sleeve blouse and a long skirt covering all skin apart from the face for the women back then. By moving forward, um, we get a sense as to what the latest Australian uh, fashion trend was from like last year's um, summer uh, social media trends. And with that, um, these include such trends with, you know, high-waisted flares, metallic clothing, and oversized retro sunglasses. And in this, um, women can actually find something for their own style and something they can wear for any occasion. So ladies, if you have anything um, in your wardrobe that you wanted to just, you know, up the authentic feel in um, a 70s style look, um, with the high-waisted uh, jeans, you could go for something that is more along the lines of like a crisp white shirt with like a block heel and an oversized bag for a modern day take on the retro look. And fellas, if you have that special um, lady friend in your life or you have any lady friend at all and she wants to just up her wardrobe um, with this, um, don't be hesitant to tell her like, hey, this works. And, um, you know, she always just wants to look nice. Okay, so here's a fun fact or something we like to call an out-of-pocket strand of info here at the Good Jeans Podcast. Um, so back in the late 1800s through the 1930s, um, China actually imported like one of their like clothing into um, Australia at the time. And, uh, you know, one of the residents there um, who's actually Chinese-Australian um, actually brought all this clothing in from the homeland to where it would um, take part in their fashion for just a brief period of time. So it would last from the late, the late 1800s to the 1930s, like earlier, like I said, but um, it actually like stopped around the 1920s. So what happened was there is this, um, this Chinese silk embroidered shawls that were brought in along with their surcoats um, that were actually brought in around that time and it actually influenced their fashion for the women's wardrobe up until, you know, 1920. And now, in a sense, uh, that that sense of style has, like, stopped because there's more of a push for 
our industry level of like what's what's uh what's trending what's uh what's more popular for um clothing and what to wear and what sense of style are other people like thinking about and this sense of like of you know new mind of like thinking of like how to dress uh is actually brought out because of like years past so like this being all the way back in the 1920s and versus now this is like we're talking about like hundreds of years from now um to where we're at in this day and age in 2017 and how so much of cultures change and society as to what was um you know appropriate versus what wasn't and what is now um what is now looked at as now in the sense uh that that sense of style has like stopped because there's more of a push for um you know our industry level of like what's what's uh what's trending what's uh what's more popular for um for a sense of like uh clothing and what to wear and you know what sense of style are other people like thinking about and this um this sense of like of you know new mind of like thinking of like how to dress uh is actually brought out because of like years past so like this being all the way back in the 1920s and versus now this is like we're talking about like hundreds of years from now um to where we're at in this day and age in 2017 and how so much of cultures change and society as to what was um you know appropriate versus what wasn't and what is now looked at as um you know acceptable in the eyes of you know today's culture and i think it comes from like you know years past and then also like music and what's what's going on with like our 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 political standpoints and our backgrounds and just how um different our mindsets change based upon generations of people in general and um how we can come together for like something um brand new and um making something that was once uh you know looked at as um not acceptable become that way become acceptable in that sense but moving onward to our fellas sense of style and fashion in australia we've got obviously the summer is coming around the corner and you know you want to be mindful of like what you're wearing and how you want to wear it um so with that um we have a little help as to like what to wear so we've got like a pair of shorts you know you got those special shorts that you want to wear but you're not quite sure of like how you want to go about like you know wearing them so it doesn't always have to be in a casual vibe or a beach or intense heat. Um, but just want to like stay clear of like business settings, formal events and any outing that requires a jacket, you know, common sense should always like, you know, come, come to play. But, um, yeah. So as a general rule, um, you never want your shorts to reach below your knee. Ideally, um, they should stop about five to 10 centimeters above your knee In saying that, um, Obviously, swim, swim shorts have more liberty and can be worn higher up your leg. When you sit down in an optimum pair of shorts, um, you should just be able to see the bottom of your thigh. Um, that's just a general rule from, uh, you know, 
an Australian uh, perspective as to wearing shorts. And then uh, for your shoes, um, you want to stay clear of like opting for a shorter pant uh, wear. Um, those that really go above like the ankles, um, such as like boots and like dress shoes. Um, a pair of boots would immediately make you look like a park ranger and a pair of uh, dress shoes will will have you looking like you just got off the bus from school. So you just want to like get something that fits just right, like a pair of loafers or maybe like some moccasins to like, you know, feel like the relaxed sense of like uh, style or like a, a vibe that you're trying to create um, when you're going out. And, um, you know, just want to take that as a pointer. But yeah, that just about does it. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to episode one of Fashion Around the World with myself, Nia, and Mel. Um, this is the Good Jeans Podcast, and looking forward to next next time. Make sure you share, comment, um, give us some feedback as to what you guys think of the first podcast episode. Um, love to hear from you soon. See you then.